What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the next episode of the HMA Fantasy Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, Jacob Hugley, and I am joined today by a host of guests. As always, we have a whole bunch of people in here ready to talk about these these awesome matchups that we have going on today for this 23rd episode of HMA Fantasy. Um, go ahead and kick it off. Jack Mueller. How are you doing, Jack? Doing all right. Never better. Awesome. Um, and Earl from the Open Mat. How are you doing, Earl? I heard about your, your zoo trip yesterday. Yeah, yeah, went down past uh, Jack and Trent's neck of the woods and uh, had some fun out in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, and then Coach Gross, Seth Gross, how you doing? I'm doing great, man. Doing great. Uh, yeah, not too much going on, but a good day today. All right. And then last, but certainly not least, we are joined by Coach Trent Paulson. How you doing, Trent? Oh, I think we got your, we don't got your noise. Your sound. Damn, but go. I'm over here looking like amateur hour. <laughs> oh, you're good. <laughs> How are you doing today? I'm doing really good. Awesome, man. Well, we're definitely excited to have you on here. Uh, it's always cool to have people that, that wrestled around the time of all these guys that can give us you know, a different look at them. Yeah. Um, for sure. But we'll go ahead and get into it. So what happened uh, before it is going to be – let's just go over real quick what happened in the last episode um, or should I say the last two episodes because we talked for two and a half hours and I had to shorten it into two episodes um, but 2005 the number one seed took out 2008 22 to 10 and then the eight seed 2015 took out 2006 21 to 13 and you can go view those episodes on anywhere. There's there's podcasting platforms. I'm also going to have them out on my Twitter um, to where people can just see the results if they want to with a link to the episode um, probably later today. Um, but today we're going to get into that bottom half, that bottom left quadrant, 2018 versus 2009, and then 2016 versus 2010. Uh, so really looking forward to it. It's going to be some exciting matchups. Um, but I guess we'll just go ahead and jump into our first duel. If that's cool with everybody. Yep. Good. All right. Um, awesome. So let's get going. Our first duel that we have is going to be um, 2018 versus 2009. And again, a reminder of how we got the seeds. These seeds are based on points that we gave each wrestler um, there was a point per national championship, a point per – or a half a point per All-American, and a three-point for a Hodge Trophy uh, win. Or I guess, you know, they won the Hodge Trophy. They get three points. Um, and so up to this point, that's how we got these seeds. And, you know, I'm excited to get talking about this. Um, but 2018, who had 2018 that we were – I got 2018. Awesome. Do you want to tell us, just run through the lineup and who we got for the 2018 lineup? Yeah, 125, Spencer Lee, 133, uh, this handsome-looking guy right there, uh, Seth Gross. <laughs> 141, Yanni, Diakama Hollis, 149, Zayn Rutherford, 157, Jason Nolf, 165, Vincenzo Joseph, 174, Zahid Valencia, 184, Bo Nickel, 197, Mike Machiavello, and heavyweight Kyle Snyder. Awesome. 
Awesome. Pretty stacked lineup. Excited to talk about that one. Um, and then on the other side of things, 2009. Who had 2009? All right. I'll jump into it. I'll go through it real quick. Uh, Troy Nickerson of Cornell at 125 pounds. And then we're going to go 133, Frank Gomez, 141, Jay Jaggers, 149, Darren Caldwell, 157, Jordan Burroughs. 165, Jared King, 74, Steve Luke, 84, Jake Herbert, 97, Jake Varner, and then 285 pounds, we've got Mark Ellis of Missouri. So 2009 was Sam. 2009 was Sam, okay. Um, Sam is, is doing wrestling things, and so he is pretty busy. Um, but, I mean, I'm excited to talk about this thing either way. So, whew. Is there a weight that anybody sees that they really yeah. want to like save to last or start yeah. on or finish at one fifty seven? Finish at one fifty seven. Oh, 100%. yeah, for yeah. sure. Yeah. All right. Well, I guess we'll just go ahead and kick it off at one hundred sixty five pounds. Vincenzo Joseph versus Jared King. I'm excited to talk about this one too because um, Jack and I kind of looked over this a little bit yesterday, and we we disagreed a little bit on this one. Not like we didn't have an argument or anything about it, but it was, it's going to be cool to hear people's opinions. Um, so I guess I'll just kick it to Seth. Do you want to tell us a little bit about Vincenzo? Yeah. Vincenzo Joseph. So this year he was a sophomore two time NCAA champ. And, um, he was, I believe runner up at big tens, both those years losing to Imar one year. And then was it Marinelli the next? I think both of those years was Imar. Yeah, you're right. Imar both those years. And, yeah, he just – dude has a knack of turning it on at the NCAA tournament and finding a way to get it done. So, yeah, one is a freshman and one is a sophomore. Awesome. Um, and then Jared King. Um, does anybody have any kind of knowledge of Jared King? He was the 12 seed this year, the year that he won it. Um, kind of put a, a run together. One of the – the lowest seeds to ever win a national title. Um, if we were looking at like best runs ever, you'd have to look at Jared Kings. Yeah, so he, sure. he was a big recruit out of Pennsylvania, went to Oklahoma, had a bunch of shoulder injuries and actually almost hung it up and then uh, went back to Edinburgh. You know, as Jack mentioned, had that great run. He pretty sure he knocked off John Reeder in the semis in a, a overtime match. And, uh, you know, then beats Andrew Howe in the finals, freshman Andrew Howe. Yeah. I mean, you ever wrestle him, Trent? Uh, when he was in Oklahoma, I believe he wrestled Travis. Uh, but yeah, he was banged up a lot. Uh, he definitely had a hell of a run his senior year. He he had a really good high crotch. He, he beat Howe in overtime in the finals, right? Was Reader a freshman or a sophomore that year? Sophomore, I think. Yeah. Pretty sure he was a freshman. Was, he could have been a freshman, yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but this – so this is where I was getting into it yesterday or, like, when I was I was thinking about it, you know, initially for me when you look at it, I think it's Chenzo. Uh, he's two-time champ at this point. And you really, like, get, you know, a little bit of recency bias also, but it's, it's kind of leaning that way, I would think, for most people. Um, but we got to remember that, you know, we're not – talking you know full career chenzo full career king we're really trying to talk about these years and you know up to this point in their career 
Um, I know Jared King has this is his senior year, so he has a lot more to talk about. But I really want to focus on this year for him and this tournament specifically. I mean, the dude beat Nick Muchastegi in the second round. Uh, is it Mozafe? Mozafe? Oh, Mozafe. Yeah, he was a couple time All American for you and I. Yeah. So Muchastegi, Fay, Reader in the semis, and then Andrew Howe. Like, got to be one of the best tournament runs of all time absolutely crazy bracket and you know you have other guys in this bracket like ryan morningstar um and i know there's there's a couple more that i'm losing in here in this sea of crazy dan valmont um man there's there's just all kinds of studs in this bracket so uh i'll go ahead i'll kick it to jack jack tell us what are you thinking about which way you leaning on this one i'm going chenzo and i was gonna propose a major honestly like i just i don't see especially a sophomore Chinzo. And when that guy, when the lights turn on, there aren't many better. Um, I would love to see him finish out his career this year. Yeah, just, I mean, I'll second that right away. I mean, you got to look at this dude beat Isaiah Martinez in the finals both years. And um, that in itself is very, a huge deal, you know, came out of nowhere and just turned it on at Nationals, found a way. And Jared King was a 12 seed. So I gotta go with Chenzo, man. What do you guys think about about him beating Imar? Just cons- well, I mean, not consistently because he he usually lost to him in the season and then beat him in the NCAA tournament. But like, is it is it kind of a matchup thing because how how much Imar relies on those underhooks and Chinzo's comfortable in those overhook? Um, you know, kind of I'm, I'm losing my words here, but that overhook um, inside step position. I don't know. I'm interested to hear what you guys think. Why did that work out so well for him when, you know, only three dudes in college or only two guys in college actually beat Isaiah Martinez? Yeah, I, th- I think his, his uh, overhook, he's so good there and at least neutralized what Imar, Imar did. And like you saw against him and Imar and uh, him and Marinelli, it's kind of a hit or miss type deal. And, you know, he found he found a way to get it done in the big matches, but other ones he'd try and get put on his back and, that's the fun thing about him is he never really knew it was going to happen, but somehow at nationals, he always, always found a way. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's a combination of mentality and matchup because Imar and uh, Chenzo were both special in, in that they could hit leg attacks and they could wrestle upper body. And in the King matchup, King had a great high crotch and he had a hell of a run his senior year of the tournament, beat a lot of studs. Anytime you beat reader, how, I can't remember who else you said, but in the same tournament, you did something special. But in the Imar um, Chenzo matchup, I think the mentality part is uh, Chenzo had a special ability that he could brush off a loss and say it doesn't matter when March when March hits. There's no one that's going to beat me at the NCAA tournament, and I think that's why he won three out of his four. Absolutely, I'm sure that. I'm, I'm sure they both looked at it that way, but what amazed me about uh, Chenzo is his ability to stay completely relaxed in very, very, very high matchups. Like in the, some of those upper body do or die situations, it almost looked like he was in a spar state and then he would just explode or he knew he'd hit that position a thousand times. Like in the duel against Marinelli, when he, he baited him to bear hug him so he could hit that rethrow. That special stuff. Even even when he celebrated after his first national title, like you win that national title, it's like people are jumping, screaming. 
like going nuts because they were freaking out. He like lays on his back and just like is like still relaxed in his celebration. He's just like, wow, awesome, <laughs> like super cool headed. It was, and I think it's one of the coolest celebrations because like I know that if I was in that, I'd be freaking jumping around like a genius. <laughs> He'd probably be like, slapping me in the face. Yeah, <laughs> that was um, such an insane upset. I mean. I was there and that was insane. Like it, I mean, at that point you think Isaiah Martinez is going to be a four timer, you know, he's one, two, he's going for his third. And it was just like, he's beat this guy. He's going to beat him. We're looking ahead to four and just sticks him. It it was crazy, man. Um, But let's, let's finish up our votes. Uh, I assume by what you're saying that that you have, you have uh, Vincenzo Trent. Yep. Cool. And Earl? Yeah, let's go a clean sweep for Vincenzo. I, I wouldn't say major, but I'd say pretty comfortable win. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Now I was leaning King just kind of because of this amazing tournament, but just thinking more about it stylistically, and I, I'm going to have to go Joseph as well. Um, so we'll go clean sweep on Vincenzo Joseph and then move on to 174 pounds where we're going to have Zahid Valencia versus Steve Luke. Um, Earl, can you start us off and, and tell us a little bit about Steve Luke? Yeah, Steve Luke was, I believe, he was a three-time Big Ten champion for Michigan, three-time All-American. He was a finalist the year before, uh, lost to Keith Gavin, and then he was undefeated this year. Uh, he was uh, really stout defensively. Um, he, I don't know if he gave up very few offensive points this particular year, um, if any. So uh, I think it would be an amazing matchup with uh, his strengths based on Zahid's strengths as well. Very cool. And then on the other side of things, Seth, Zahid Valencia, what do you know about him? So this is also uh, Zahid's sophomore year. And um, so he lost freshman year to Mark Hall in the finals. And this year he was on fire, 78% bonus point rate, undefeated on the year. And um, yeah, he destroyed Mark this year in the finals. And I think this is the same year he went on to beat Derringer at the world team trial stuff and um, close matches with Dake. So that, I think this, if this is one of Zahid's best years overall, you know, next year yet 2019 had a couple losses, but two, 2018, this, this guy was on fire and um, yeah, he was a force to be reckoned with that year. For sure. Yeah. This definitely might be his best year in college. Um, but interested uh, the matchup perspective um, Trent, can you tell us like what you think about uh, if these two guys actually met and you know who's favored in this match, in your opinion? In my opinion, I think Zahid was on another level. I think Steve Luke was very, very, very impressive. I remember him in high school and college. He was always really well built and very strong and very hard to score on and can control matches. Um, but the first thing that came to my mind is when Zahid, I know it was a different year, but when Zahid wrestled Hidley, from NC State because Hidley has the same build and is just as hard to score on. And we saw what happened there at Vegas. So that's where I drew my conclusion. I know they're both great athletes. I just think Zahid in recent years is one of the better guys to go through college. For sure. Definitely. Yeah. And I'll go ahead and kick it off. I'm going to go Zahid Valencia um, and I'll let you guys fill it in for the rest. Jack, what are you feeling? I've got Zahid as well. Um, he was fun to watch. Like, um, we had some 
pretty tight duels with Arizona State and went back and forth with them every year. And the uh, year that we beat Arizona State, uh, Zahid bumped up and went 84, and he wrestled like this kid that's pretty funny. Uh, his name is Will Shaney, and Zahid was like punching him in the face as legally as you could. It was hilarious. He was trying to hurt him. He was, he was a freaking bully. He was mean. Um, and he, yeah, he, he was, was giving up 10 pounds. So fast. Like, right off the whistle, um, when he, like, takes his attacks right off the whistle, he goes club, ankle pick, and then, yeah, I mean, it's just, it's really awesome. It's a really cool thing. I wish I could do it. Yeah, he's violent. For a big guy. Yeah. He wrestles like a little guy because of how his huge growths were in high school. Yeah. He was like, well, his ability to make you bite on fakes just by falling to one knee, and then those transitions were pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah, he wrestles on his knees a lot. It's really cool. I think it's cool, too. You know, there, there's not – I mean, we're seeing a lot more of them recently, but if you think back, there's not historically that many guys that are in weights where you're just like it, – it's, it's like a next-topic situation. You know, he's head and shoulders, like untouchable. Um, I, I really think – even, I mean, obviously he had Mark Hall for three of those years, but this last year here, if he would have finished it out, and obviously the, the COVID situation, just, I, there wasn't anybody close. Like, I, I don't believe that anybody could have really beat him. Um, and so I think, do we all have Zahid here? Or is anybody going going for Luke? Yeah, I got Zahid by major. I could I could get on board with that. Anybody else? His bonus point rate that year was unreal. I got I got to give it to him. All right. Well, that's two by majors. Anybody else going major? Or are we going? Are we sticking to decision? I'm gonna stick to decision. All right. Yeah, same here. Okay. Trent, your decision? Yeah, it'd be a controlled decision. But Steve Luke was as a bad dude. Cool. All right. So we got decision for Zahid Valencia. Um, and we'll keep moving down. This next one's going to be fun to talk about, man. Uh, 184 pounds, Bo Nickel versus Jake Herbert. Man. Um, Seth, kick us off. Tell us a little bit about 2018 Bo Nickel. So Bo Nickel was a junior this year. This was his second title. I believe he beat – was this the year he beat Gabe Dean in the finals? I'm looking. Um. Or, nope, this is the one he beat. Miles Martin. Miles Martin in the finals. And, uh, yeah, that was <laughs> – I don't know how – what what happened in that match. That was one of the craziest, I think, NCAA finals matches ever. I don't know how he put that dude on his back from there. But, yeah, junior year, over a 70% bonus rate and undefeated on the season. So, And then he was a two-time champ at the time. And, yeah, that's Bo Nickel junior year. Awesome. Um Earl, can you tell us a little bit about it, Jake Herbert? Yeah, so Jake Herbert was a senior this year. This was his Hodge Trophy winning season. Uh, finished off his second undefeated year. He was undefeated in 2007 as well. I think he only had three collegiate losses. The last one came to Askren in the finals his sophomore year. Um, he was kind of on, a, on another level this year. Um, I can't even – think who was the Hodge runner up really just because he was kind of that far ahead of everybody else um and then you know we all know he made the Olympic team he won a world silver medal after this not that we're counting that yeah 
looks like uh, Brent Metcalf was second in the Hodge running. Yeah, Metcalf, Jordan Burroughs. Well, probably Jordan Burroughs, I guess. Um, but awesome, man. This uh, yeah, is, can, can anybody visualize how this match would go down? Crazy. Uh, madness. Yeah. I think it's madness, but I think Bo – like, Bo's always been controlled madness. Like, yeah. you don't know what he's doing, but he knows exactly what he's doing. He's a, he's a chess player, and he's freaking good. He'll, he'll crush you. You want to talk about landmines? Bo Nickel's a landmine. I mean, sure. I, think that, I think that it's going to be a crazy match, maybe a seven-point decision, and they both have double-digit points. But, <laughs> like, I, I've got Bo, and I got Bo. I would have no doubt in my mind thinking Bo. Yeah, I think that I, I go Bo as well, and I think it looking at the Herbert-Askren uh, matchup is kind of where it draws me to Bo in this matchup just because the way Ben beat Herbert that year, and I think that Bo has some of that crazy control. Like like uh, Jack said, he's controlled in that mad, madness situations, and he knows exactly what he's doing there, and I think that that – I don't think a lot of guys at the time when Herbert wrestled besides Ben Askren really did all that crazy funky stuff. Yeah. Well, well I was, I was thinking the exact same way. Um, it, I mean, exactly what you said, man, funky situations. I think it favors nickel and I think they're going to get into those situations. So I'm going to go nickel. Well, I'd say this. Do you guys remember when Jake Herbert wrestled Mark Perry? God, I have not seen it, but I yeah. definitely got to see it. It was in Midlands, I think, this year and maybe the year before. And I'd say Mark Perry's pretty hard to score on and pretty funky in positions. And I think Herbert majored Perry in that match. Herbert, I know him as well as anybody on this list. I lived with him in Colorado. We trained together for a cycle. We grew up on high school or on college university world teams. And he, I've never seen a person like Herbert where, I mean, he he will put himself in any position in a practice room. You you almost think he's a beginner wrestler in some situations just because he'll test any position just to learn it from it in practice and brush it off his shoulder and come match time. He's one of the better gamers I've ever seen. I think uh, I think Bo Nickel might scrape by a win, but you're not going to beat Herbert on conditioning and you're not going to beat him uh on attack rate because he'll he attack out attacks most and one thing that made his single leg good the second he got his hand behind your knee he was already popping you up for an out the back door situation and he was really good at finishing that position so it eliminates a lot of the you shoot single he pulls you to your waist and you're in a seatbelt position where you can create a throw or create a scramble <coughs> he, the longer his career went the more controlled he got in those positions which i think makes it interesting for sure all right, so we got uh, – I think do we have everybody voting Bo Nickel, though, so far, right? Um, Earl, how, how are you feeling about this match? Oh, man, I've been going back and forth on this one. I, I guess Nickel, as Trent said, scrapes by, but I, I think it would be a, probably one of the best ones to watch out of this duel. For sure. Um, all right, so we all got Nickel. We got a close match. Um, and we'll move on to 197 pounds where we're going to have Mike Machiavella versus Jake Varner. Um, Seth, fill us in a little bit on, on Mike Mock. 
So Machiavello, um, this was his senior year. He was 22 and three on the season, had a good run at NCAs. He beat Jared Hot in the finals, beat Kyle Cornell and Shakir. And uh, yeah, he was, I think that was he a one time or two time All American? I, I think, think it was, it was first time All American when he won nationals, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, one-time All-American, one-time national champ. And, yeah, I like Mock. I know him pretty well and good dude. But, yeah, he had he had a heck of a run and got it done his senior year. He's a fascinating story, man. He He's from North Carolina, and obviously North Carolina is not one of the better wrestling states. And I believe he was only – I think he only won it once. He either only won it once or didn't once. win it. Yeah, he won it once. And, you know, one-time champ from North Carolina – you know, go to NC State and then, you know, one time champ on the college level. Um, and obviously senior level doing some good things now. So he's a pretty cool story to, to follow. Uh, but on the other side of things, Jake Varner. Uh, Earl, do you want to tell us a bit about Jake Varner? Yeah, he was a uh, four time finalist. This was his junior year. Uh, first year at 97, he lost in the Big 12 finals to Craig Brester this year. So he was the two seed. But uh, he ended up beating him in the finals uh, this particular year. Awesome. I was coaching at Nebraska the year Brester beat Varner. And then I also trained and, co- and wrestled with Varner. And I think in this matchup, Varner, he doesn't get a major, but he controls the victory. He's People don't realize how mean he was on top. When he got on top of you, he would crank halves and run wings. And some of the face faces you saw people make from the bottom position you don't want to laugh but it was they were definitely in a very high high amount of pain and if he didn't turn you he would ride you easily and he was punishing he he might not have scored like 10 takedowns or scored a ton of points but a lot of the times against very very good people he would either control you off the takedown and ride or pin you all right so decision or pin (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You don't. I mean, Mike obviously is a stud too. I remember his senior year being very, very dominant. Besides, uh, in the finals against the Virginia Tech kid, and another finals match in the NCAA. But I, I know Jayla was a freshman yet that year, and Jayla's. I mean, going into his senior year, the three seed, he's a stud. But there was definitely a big mismatch in that duel that year, and how dominant uh, Mike was. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, I'm gonna go Varner. Um, I, I'm not thinking bonus points like you guys are. I, I definitely watching matches, and he's not a you know crazy prolific scorer. Um, I mean, he, he wins all the matches, but it, it's not you know uh, running up the score like a David Taylor. So I'm gonna go decision for Jake Varner. Yeah, I'm on board with the decision for Jake Varner. Same. All right. All right. Um, Earl and Trent, I guess you guys are probably the same too. Yes, sir. Yeah. Awesome. Cool. So 2009 picks up their first win um, at 197 pounds with Jake Varner. We're going to move on, though, to 285 pounds where we see Kyle Snyder versus Mark Ellis of Missouri. Um, so, Earl, do you want to open, open it up with Mark Ellis? Yeah, so uh, I don't know if the UVA guys know Mark, if you guys overlapped at all. but uh, Yeah, he coached me for a year. Yeah, he, he was a, ended up being a football recruit initially at Missouri and then uh, went back to wrestling. Um, 
he was an All-American for the first time this year. Uh, kind of, kind of. I don't want to say smaller guy, but smaller for you know big heavyweights, I guess. Um, maybe still bigger than Snyder. But uh, the next year, he actually was in a, a battle with Dom Bradley because Dom Bradley was a redshirt freshman the next year. They actually went back and forth, but uh, ultimately it was Ellis who got the start in the postseason. Um, he was in a pretty tough Big 12 weight class. Uh, Zabriskie from uh, Iowa State was there. Um, shoot, uh, I think maybe Tucker Lane from Nebraska was always pretty solid. Uh, so so he always had good co- – uh, Rochalt from Oklahoma Yeah, Rochalt. Yeah. So uh, there, there were always some good guys that he battled with. Awesome. I've got, then... I've got one good story about Mark Ellis real quick. Go for so, it. The first week of practice that he's there, he's our coach. And so he's getting, he's young, he's pretty fit. Like he would go on the treadmill and sprint for 45 minutes to an hour, just blasting worship music with like starting like gray sweats and they would be black, full of so like drenched in sweat by the end. But, anyways, this dude's crazy. He's wrestling on 197 pounder and he is kind of like just getting out of that MMA like stage where you grapple and so he has him in like a weird like i want to say chokehold on uh, like on his back and our 197 pounder starts like like all right you got me like let let, let me go i'm starting to freak out here and, and like he will go and he oh my gosh like i think i'm in a fight here and so he starts like clawing at his arms <laughs> won't let go and he's like Starts trying to throw punches and hit, trying to hit him. And he was like connecting, but he wouldn't let go. And he's like, it goes on for a while. And he, he's like trying to poke his eyes. And he ends up just screaming out because he's like getting choked out almost in the room. And he wouldn't let go. And so he goes, well, he's from Georgia. He goes, well, I don't know what to do. So I just played dead. And I went like this. <laughs> Finally, <let's> go. <laughs> God, funny. That's awesome. Yeah, it was great. Play dead. Maybe he'll he'll feel bad and let you go. <laughs> like he's, he's like getting choked out. He's like get, fighting for his life, and so all he knows what to do is play dead because nothing else was working. <laughs> hey, yeah, not a bad strategy. Um, certainly not at that point, but. On the other end, we do have Kyle Snyder. Um, At this point in his career, what do we see from him, Seth? Senior Kyle Snyder, uh, three-time NCAA champ, four-time All-American. He might have won an Olympic title or something one of those years. Can't remember. A couple world titles. But, yes, this is Kyle Snyder. Not not, Not much needs to be said about this guy. So are we feeling as long as there's not chokeholds and an actual fight breaking out, it probably leaning towards Snyder here? I would, yeah. I would propose bonus <laughs> because Mark is a smaller heavyweight. Mm. Um, I think he's athletic and is really, really mentally tough. But Kyle Snyder is Kyle Snyder. So yeah. I would say major. Yeah, I'm, I'm in with that. I think – Snyder really was focusing later in his career on getting those bonus points too. And especially against heavyweights that weren't huge. He had a, he had a pretty good success, rate. Yeah. What yeah, about I you, Earl? 
Yeah. So, I mean, there's, there's only a few guys that uh, are keeping Kyle Snyder to a regular decision at this point, and it's your big guys like Adam Kuhn and stuff like that. So I'd go major too. What about you, Trent? Yeah, I'd agree. All right. Majors. I'm going to go major as well. So um, we're going to stick with a major and we're going to circle right back around to the top um, with what promises to be a, a fun match to talk about. Um, we have 2018 Spencer Lee versus 2009 Troy Nickerson. Um, I think this one's kind of a, fascinating matchup and a lot of people were commenting on social media and just, like i would love to see this match like no matter you know what happened i just i would like to see this match um and so let, let's just get into it seth at this point 2018 spencer lee where are we at with him so this is spencer lee's freshman year and um he lost twice that year once to nathan tomasello and uh once to uh, ronnie bresser at midlands uh that one was a little controversial but a uh, crazy match and um, yeah, he just hit fire uh, late in the season. His NCA run was a tech fall over Luke Welch, a pin over Nick Piccinini, a pin over Tomasello, and then a five, one decision over Nick Suriano. So he really just caught fire and uh, didn't really look back the rest of his career so far. So he's still on pace to keep, keep getting those titles, but uh, yeah, so he had a, phenomenal freshman season yeah and on the other side of things uh troy nickerson earl all right so this is troy nickerson's junior season he was uh second and third the previous two times um he beat angel escobedo the returning champion in the semis and was undefeated this year um by his own admission this was probably one of the worst ncaa finals you'd ever watch I'm pretty sure he won by a locked hands call and uh, or a illegal hold, something like that in uh, uh, overtime. Yeah, it was either yeah. a false start or a locked hands. Yeah, I remember. there you go. Was it yeah. against Donahoe? Yep. Yep. Yeah. And uh, at this point, uh, he had he injuries kind of started to mount up for him, and uh, yeah, he had told me that he kind of changed his style up and was uh, really really good from the top position and crab ride. Uh, at this point in time. Awesome. Um, you know, my, my thought here, and I, I believe it's kind of when you get into like talking about guys like Zahid and, and Zane Rutherford and all those kinds of guys in the same conversation, Spencer is, is almost a, a lock win in most situations. And we're just kind of talking, are we talking bonus points or not? Um, how do we feel about Nickerson's bottom game? And I think that's the, that's the big deal here for me personally, as to whether it's going to be a major decision or not. So how do we feel about, about Nickerson's bottom games? Anybody have any comments on that? I mean, I don't, but I can comment on Spencer's top game. That's yeah. <laughs> it's pretty good. I would, I would offer a bonus, <clears throat> especially this, like if they hit in the, this tournament run, I mean, like Seth said, he caught fire for sure one one thing i'd say about nickerson uh he was banged up a lot but when he was healthy he was pretty special i remember andrew long when he was a freshman he was killing people and we ran into cornell i think we went there and dueled him and it was like a first period fall for nickerson we were like what the hell just happened and he 
any like the people you just mentioned that he beat to win his title, Angel Escobedo, world team member, NCAA champ as a sophomore. One thing about Nickerson, he was tough on top too, but he could wrestle in any position. He was really scrambly. Um, and one of the more dominant high school wrestlers as well. I remember his senior year at Fargo, uh, he had Nick Gallick in the finals and he teched him in the first period. And we, Nick Gallick was a blue chip kid that um, had won three Arizona state titles. And his brother, Nate had just won an NCAA title. We're like, who the heck is this Nickerson kid? Like we thought Nick was going to be the untouchable, but Nick had a great career too. But uh, Nickerson to get back to the point, he, uh, I think you have to give it to Spencer Lee just because of, He's on track to be a four-timer, but being second, third, first, I think second or third is senior year. That's almost in the finals all four years as well. I think, uh, I don't know if it'd be bonus, but it, Nickerson could hold his own if he was healthy. Yeah. The, the only thing for me is like, this is, this is freshman Spencer Lee. And yeah, he, he really caught fire and blew people away in that national tournament but prior to that it wasn't the same level of dominance that we're used to in the recent years um so that's where i'm like i'm, I'm swaying back and forth between is it bonus or is it not yeah he had, um, I would, he had a higher bonus point rate his freshman year than his sophomore year. yeah i was about to say i would no he wasn't dominant in the past two years he lost to sebastian twice and my match with him would have been close if freaking doofus didn't let uh Give him the stalling point at the end. I was thinking I mean, more of you like, know. like he wasn't dominant. Like and even this year, like I mean, yeah, he was killing everyone, but like one twenty five sucked. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he wasn't a good weight class, and so he didn't wrestle anyone. He never. I mean, he majored Piccinini, and like that. That's the only one where I would be like, yeah, that was a good win. But other than that, every other match is like not not tough at all so i would i don't know if freshman year was his best year but i think that there's this aura about spencer lee that that people have i think it's kind of bs and i think i got caught up in it going into the national finals i was like holy crap i'm wrestling spencer lee and that's bull crap because like the next person that runs into spencer lee i don't want them to feel the same way i did because he's just another guy He's just another guy that really doesn't do much on his feet and doesn't do much on top either, even though he's really good at it. But people have gotten out. I don't know. I'm, <laughs> I think that I don't want to give him any more respect than I already have. I'm trying not to. I'm yeah. definitely back-mouthing him. But, like, this is how I feel. Like, I was – I don't know. I don't want either, to Neither might be getting a little, letting a little bit of his competitive streak – downplay <laughs> a bit of a little bit but uh i remember uh what i told him like a day or two after his ncaa finals matches i was more hurt when he got fifth at worlds uh when he didn't get that bronze medal wrestling the athlete from china that i think got third at the senior level but jack uh literally left everything out on the mat threw the kitchen sink at him uh wrestled a very good strategic mat i think he lost like three to three on criteria and i was like had a tear going back down my face back in Iowa watching in the bedroom and in the NCAA finals match there, obviously it hurts that he doesn't get his ultimate goal of winning NCAA title, but it didn't hurt as bad for me as a coach because I didn't feel like in that match, he wrestled in a way to give himself his best chance to win. I think if he wrestles 
um, Spencer Lee with the same mindset he had against Sebastian Rivera in the semis, I think that Jack could have been dominant. Yeah. And if you look at Sebastian, I, but it's fine. Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of matchups. Yeah. Three on criteria. Hey, well, let's, uh, let's run it back on the senior level. I'm, I'm all in for that. Uh, Me too. But all right. So Jack's got Spencer Lee major decision. Uh, let's just get on a list of what I'm looking at here. Earl, what do you got? You want me to follow up after all that? Yeah, just anybody <laughs> but me. Um, yeah, so uh, the way I see it, I think uh, Lee would jump out to a lead, but I think uh, Nickerson would wear him down on the mat. Um, I don't think it would be a major decision, but uh, you know, guys have been able to slow him down uh, from the bottom position. So I'll take Lee, but not a major. Yeah, I'm in on the decision for Lee. I think it'd be very close. I think it'd be more of like a 7-1, 6-1 type deal, but I think he just keeps it in the decision. All right, and Trent, what do you got? Yeah, I don't think he's majoring Nickerson, but Lee by decision. Okay, cool. So Spencer Lee by decision. Uh, I'm going to go the same there, and we'll move on and, and talk about a certain – wrestler from uh, South Dakota state versus Frank Gomez. Um, I guess I, I don't even know who should we let go first. Seth, do you want to defend yourself first or after? <laughs> let me go. Let me go second. All right. All right. Uh, Earl, tell us a little bit about Frank Gomez. All right. So uh, Franklin Gomez, three-time all American from Michigan state. Um, he was, I think third as a sophomore and senior. Uh, beats Reese Humphrey in the finals this year. Beat him in the Big Ten finals this year also. Um, he was, uh, had a long career on the senior level as well, uh, world silver medalist. Uh, he's excellent, obviously, on his feet. Um, not, as, not as much of a mat wrestler, I'd say, but, uh, you know, decent enough on the mat. All right. Who Seth. beat Gomez his senior year? He, Daniel Dennis beat him yes. in the semis. Okay. I watched it. He freaking Dennis didn't Gomez got the only takedown in the match until overtime. Um, it was escape, escape, and stalling point. And oh, okay. Dennis like Iowa him really bad. Like broke him bad. Hmm. Man, so that would have been that would have been, I guess, a, a Gomez uh Ness final if you'd have yeah. won that. I guess one. Ness beat Oliver in the other semi. I was gonna watch that, but yeah. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. That impresses me a lot. Briefly. But yeah, so um yeah, that was my junior season. I was 29 and 0 at 133. That's the year I bumped up. I lost to Bryce Meredith at 141. But outside of that, um yeah, did pretty well. I uh, had an 80% bonus point rate, was Hodge finalist that year, and yeah, I was a finalist the year before losing to Corey Clark. So my junior year i think that this was probably my best best year out there so for sure um so have you ever been around frank gomez or wrestled him or anything like that nope i have nope. not well he's like All six right. weight classes above seven yeah, he's, probably, he's probably way too big <laughs> he had his growth spurt like 10 years after college all right well, we know from past shows that I obviously have no problem picking against Seth, but I don't know Frank Gomez. <laughs> so uh, I'll let some of you guys t 
tell us about it. Um, and I'll be able to form my decision here because I honestly don't know too much about Frank Gomez, so I can't even I can't even talk too much. Um, Earl, what are you thinking about this matchup? Um, well, I, I don't know how uh, Gomez handles uh, the scrambling, the mat wrestling. Um, I, w- I would have to give it to Seth based on that. Yeah, I would give it to Seth because of the mat wrestling. Um, watching Gomez, though, I think it would be fun because he went doubles and, like, bombed people, like, straight up in the air. That's when he went uh, uh, for his finishes. Um I don't know. I mean, it would have been interesting to see, like, Seth can wrestle in other places other than just scrambling, but um, how well would have would Gomez have gotten out of that situation? Um, who knows? I think for me, just thinking about, you know, what I know from Seth this year is, you know, like Seth said, he thinks this is probably his best year, but I think specifically his top game was just unreal this year. Um, so I think that's a big key for any matchup with 2018 Seth. Um, I'm going to go Seth. I'm going to go just, I guess, just decision. What about you, Trent? I'd go Seth in a controlled match. I'd go Frank in freestyle. All right. I think Seth's one of the better folk style wrestlers that's in the last decade in terms of who was in his weights and how dominant he was and how people could get to their best leg attacks and get so frustrated and not be able to score. And then he would just pour it on them. All right. Jack, are you thinking, you know, what, what are you, where are you going on this one? No, I have, I have Seth. Okay. Seth decision. Yeah. Seth decision. Um, I, I think that there'd be a few takedowns and I think Gomez would get one. Um, but, just watching Gomez, I mean, he was amazing and was scoring a lot, especially this junior year. Like, the difference between his Reese Humphrey match and that Daniel Dennis match was light years, but I can't get that Daniel Dennis match out of my head. He just kind of got gassed, and he didn't look like he had much after the first takedown that he got. Um, but Daniel Dennis is amazing and jacked and was everything that you needed to make Iowa style work. So I don't know. All right. Well, I guess we, we all got Seth gross. Except Seth might be taking Frank Gomez, but, but uh, I think we all got, we all got Seth, right? Decision. Yep. Yeah. Cool. All right. Um, man, you got such a long name, Seth. I got to figure <laughs> out a way to, where to put my check, not your name. Oh. South Dakota state. Um, all right. Moving on, speaking of long names, Ani Diakamahalas versus Jay Jaggers. Um, I- I'm excited to talk about this one too because this is this kind of funky and, and cool match here. Um, but, Seth, tell us a little bit about Yanni here. So this is Yanni's um, freshman year as well, right? Yeah, freshman year, and he had one loss to Jaden Ironman, but outside that he won. That was his year he beat. Um, Bryce Meredith in the finals locked up that cradle right at the end. Before that, he beat Ironman in the in the semis in sudden victory. He beat Dean Heil six to five before that, and yeah, he just he wasn't. I wouldn't say he was dominant by any means that year, but he just found a way to win matches. He's on 
unreal in all sorts of positions, his flexibility, just the ways he can make things up to score was pretty just crazy, even as a freshman. And uh, yeah, he just found a way to win matches. Absolutely. On the other end of things, Jay Jaggers, Earl, what we got on him? You're muted. Here we go. There we go. Uh, so this was uh, Jay's senior year, uh, NCAA champion the year before. And it was kind of a Cinderella run the year before. This year he was the three seed. He pinned uh, – Gallic and uh, Chris Druin in the quarters and the semis. And he actually locked up, I think, a cradle and almost pinned Ryan Williams in the finals early on. Um, I really like this matchup because I think they're, they're both really strong at uh, sit in the corner, which is uh, one of Jagger's best positions. And he'd end up getting the cradles from there. But uh, yeah, I, I, I got to think about this one for a second. I feel like Yanni's a better form of Jay. Um, I don't think that there is someone that's better at technique Mm. in the senior level right now than Yanni. Um, Yeah. Also talking about just like the level of dominance that Yanni, I mean, not, I hate not the word dominance. Cause like you're saying, like he wasn't the favorite his freshman year. He wasn't like killing everybody. um, But, we're two years through Yanni's career and he has one loss. Right. And so that only losses is Jay Ironman, who he has beaten since then, I believe multiple times. Multiple and so times. he's beaten every person he's come in contact with in college. Um, and just, I, I don't know. There's just certain people, man, that just have that, that just gamer, like that knack for just finding a way to win. Right. Just, it doesn't matter what happens. You can kind of always bet on Yanni. Like even in, you know, matches where I've seen him down late in the match or, you know, like the McKenna match, you know, I can't remember exactly what the situation was there at the end or what the score was, but I know that it was kind of leaning in Joey's favor. And for me personally, it was just like, all right, what's, when's it going to happen? Like Yanni's going to win this match. When's it going to happen? He's just one of those guys that you can always rely on to, to get it done. So uh, I'm going to go Yanni in a close one, really close one, one point match here. So I'm actually going to go Jaggers in this matchup just because Yanni was squeaking out matches at NCAAs that year. And like you said, he did find a way to win, but Jaggers was on fire at NCAAs in 2009, just destroying people. And um, I'm, I'm giving it, I'm giving it to an older older Jaggers versus a, a freshman Yanni. I think sophomore year Yanni, it's a different story, but freshman year, I'm giving it to Jaggers. Yeah. Trent, what are you thinking? I think Jaggers um, is one of the better gamers at the NCAA tournament. Like, like you said, I think he had three losses this year heading in and he was dominant. And then his senior year, I think he had six losses and did it again. So when he made the decision he was going to win, he did a really good job. That being said, I'd, I'd pick Yanni just because he's beaten everyone he's ever faced. And Ironman has a hell of a cradle, too. And he was able to get past that. I think Ironman's cradle is comparable to Jagger's. And Yanni just, I think his world-class experience winning world titles in high school and that stuff transfers, whether people realize it or not. 
him just being comfortable in literally every position, I think I got to give him the nod. For sure. Jack, what are you feeling? Man, if we're talking wrestling IQs, I mean, like I said, I think Yanni's is only second to Jordan Burroughs, at least right now. Um, I think that this match is interesting because both these guys really made the decision to win. Um, we talked about Jaggers hurting his ankle and then gutting it out, but I got to go Yanni. For sure. And that, uh, that run he had freshman year, man, I mean, people, people don't really remember that. Um, you know, going through Dean Heil, Jaden Ironman, Bryce Meredith it is an insane run. And it was the it was the Heil match that he tore his ACL, right? So I'm right on that one, right? And so he would have to have went through Ironman and and Meredith with a torn ACL. That's insane. And that's yeah. <laughs> that's crazy. I mean, it's one thing like and that was I really like the comparison with Ironman because I think Ironman in those cradles, like he, he really is a lot like Jackers. Um, and I think it's one thing to, to say that, you know, it's hard to wrestle a guy that just beat you and, and flip the script. And it's even harder to flip the script when you got a torn ACL. So that's a, that's a incredible feat. Um, but Earl, what are you thinking to, to end it off for us? Yeah. I've, I've wanted to pick Jaggers, but I, I just can't go against Yanni. Yeah. So I'll go with Yanni. All right, Yanni by decision, um, and we're going to get into our next Hodge Trophy winner of this duel, uh, 149 pounds, Zane Rutherford from Penn State won the Hodge this year versus Darian Caldwell of NC State, who took out Metcalf in the finals this year. Um, so two pretty pretty stacked resumes for these guys. Um, but let's kick it off with Zane Rutherford. Tell us about him, Seth. So Zane Rutherford, uh, three-time NCAA champ. Um, yeah, I mean, just looking at it, 88% bonus point rate his sophomore year, 90% his junior year and 84% his, uh, his senior year didn't lose any of those years, three undefeated seasons in, in a row, definitely one of the best ever college wrestlers. And, uh, yeah, even his freshman year, he took out Stever and did some crazy things that year, but. Yeah, that's the Zane Rutherford. As we know him, Hodge Trophy winner that year. Sure. All right. And on the other end of things, Earl, tell us about Darren Caldwell. So, Darren Caldwell, uh, this was his second time AAing. Um, the term freak athlete gets thrown around a lot, but this is like, this is him that matched with uh, Metcalf. That was one of the craziest atmospheres I've been in at the NCAA tournament because nobody saw that coming. And he just, you know, beat him the entire match and uh you know he he was such a unique guy that after this uh he he was thinking about transferring because uh he wanted to play d1 football and they were trying to not let him and he ended up uh, hurting his shoulder in a skateboarding accident was never really the same after that um so he didn't all american his senior year even though he was the one seed in 2011 but uh just real fun guy to watch and this would be an incredible uh style clash yeah for sure i just think back about uh caldwell throwing the headlock against metcalf like is there anything more disrespectful like just walking up and smacking a lion in the face like 
That's just throwing a headlock against Metcalf. Just insane. <laughs> For the first takedown, right? I think so. Yeah. I think he entered that match with his balls in a wheelbarrow. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, just crazy. If um, there's anyone to beat Zane, it's 2009 Darian Caldwell. Maybe. That guy wrestled so loose and was just so fun to watch because he just would do whatever. Like, and look at the weights at that time frame. Um, who all was in that bracket? Bubba Jenkins. Um, who else was in there? I'll pull uh, it up. He, he beat, he beat uh, Pataxel and Bryce Sidoris in the quarters and the semis. He majored both of those guys. Yep. Metcalf took out uh, Kyle Terry. Lance Palmer, Kyle Rochelle was on the other side too, but Metcalf didn't hit him. Kyle Terry's a guy you want to talk about. Throughout those years at 49, not even the year that Caldwell won, but when he would wrestle really, really good guys and score points in bunches was what impressed me. And then if he was healthy and in shape, he was very, very, very hard to beat. I remember he jumped on the senior level that I think it was the summer after he beat Metcalf. And he wrestled, I believe, Doug Schwab first round at the World Team Trials. And Schwab was either the one or the two seed. I think he was the two seed because he got third at the Open. And he took out Schwab first round with literally, I don't think he had any freestyle experience. He was just out there wrestling. And he, I've, this is one of the most interesting. If, if Darian Caldwell doesn't get turned or penned from the bottom position, I think he's favored. Wow, favored, favored against Rutherford. If he chooses to <laughs> up and Rutherford doesn't get picked up, um, I, I think huge is. <laughs> I just know that I know how dominant Zane Rutherford was. He was amazing, and if he got on top, he it was either your shoulder, you were probably getting pinned. But Darian Caldwell could wrestle in all positions and take you feet to back pretty easy. I think one thing to be said, though, too, in this matchup, I, I'm kind of leaning with you, too, because um, this is senior Zane, but I think the best version of Zane was probably junior year. Um, yeah, he won a Hodge this year, but he also won a Hodge junior year. And I think that his junior year having a 90% bonus rate, um, I mean, not just statistically, but thinking back, I, I, he was just so dominant in that junior season. Obviously, was again in senior season, but looking at the NCAA tournament, um, you know, he – he had a decision in the semis and a, a four-point decision in the finals, um, whereas in other years he beat up on people. Um, so I I might be kind of leaning with you. Um, but Jack Zane all day. Zane all day, man. <laughs> how, how do you guys see how do you guys see a matchup between Zane and Metcalf? Zane. I got Zane. Automatically you have Zane. Yep, I got Zane again. No, Metcalf. not automatically. Dude, I he, don't know. He had a, his pace would match Metcalf, and his his top game was unreal, dude. You'd see it, him do it to everybody, man. My issue with Zane is that, like, everyone dodged him. He, bro, that ain't his so fault. He didn't have, he didn't have like, fault, dude. he didn't have the competition that Metcalf did. And dude, he was that Metcalf good that everybody dominated. was dodging him. Yeah, but do you guys remember the matches where I know Zane pinned him at nationals, but when Zane wrestled uh, Sorensen in the duel, I think it was double overtime. I'd say yep. Metcalf was a better wrestler than Sorensen. Yeah, but I heard Zane was really sick because he, I heard he was almost not going to wrestle. Uh, 
See, I feel like if Aaron Pico still wrestled in college, Zayn would only have one title. Disagree. Zayn would tear him apart in folk style. <laughs> no way. No way. Pico we was not. Pico was not that good on bottom in high school. We got robbed. Bro, you see, but he got, up. but he got out like sophomore he, year. Like Pico, we haven't seen hey, him wrestle since sophomore year. Pico's senior year, he lost to Dean Heil. No, Pico's freshman year, he lost to Dean Heil when Dean Heil was a senior. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm positive. I remember yeah, when Pico he, wrestled. He, Pico was my grade. Yeah, they were very one-sided. I he, think he I crushed think... Zane in freestyle. Crushed yeah. freestyle, bro. That's a whole different. But, yeah, he, but, he, but Zane didn't they even were all score. Takedowns. He didn't bro, score. He can choose top, dude. That's the nice thing about folks. He's style. not gonna choose top, though. He's People don't just top. choose. Top you don't think so, Ethan Lezak. dude? He's, or you? <laughs> he's one of the best ever on top. You Aaron don't think he Pico picks top? Would be, bro. You are wild. Or four-time national champ. <laughs> oh, oh my gosh! Seriously, Aaron Pico is special. Dude, when he Zane was done, the style. best, the absolute Bro, best. He was I like tell, almost I, I, a six-year-old Olympian. Freestyle all day, but Zane and folk style every single time. No. Dude, Pico's not on this no list, guys. I, I, I know, know, I know. Man. <laughs> We're I got topic. robbed four years of watching Aaron Pico wrestle in college. <laughs> I'm still bitter about it. <laughs> all right. I think that Darian Caldwell, 2009 – he stepped on that stage and he wasn't walking away with a loss. Oh, he, oh my goodness. I can't even believe this. Right <laughs> Freaking two-time Hodge Trophy winner. Freaking. Yeah, but who are his finals winners? Who are what his finals winners? Sorensen? Sorensen. Uh, what about uh, it? Ronnie Perry. Le'Veon Mays and Ronnie, Ronnie Perry. Perry. Bro, if he, he was that good, everybody wanted to dodge him, dude. I don't know what to tell you. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, I mean, I think that it's fair. I mean, Darian Caldwell. Major decision over awesome. Ryan Deacon multiple times. Yeah, Ryan Deacon. Suck down, Ryan a Deacon. freshman. <laughs> Bro, he beat everybody who wanted to try to beat him. Ryan Deacon. Was he even, a, was he even like, re representing Northwestern at that time? Bro, was it was his. Hurting? No, this was Ryan Deacon's second year, and he was 32 and six or something. Uh, I right. mean, one comparable matchup you could think is Zane wrestling the Cuban. Was, was that a Worlds or Pan Ams? I can't even remember. I want to say Pan Ams. I'd be wrong. There's uh, not many. Yeah. That Cuban could wrestle upper body and like, like uh, Caldwell could with inside trips and pull you up. I, I just think it would be an interesting match with two great wrestlers. I, I'd i go Caldwell if he doesn't get turned on bottom. Zane, if he gets on top, he might even get bonus. You just don't know. I, I so. mean, I think Darian Caldwell gets pegged as just like an awesome athlete because he is one of the best athletes the sport has ever seen. But his – his knowledge of the sport in different positions and when to hit stuff was off the charts. Yeah. He knew what to do and when to do it. All right. And let's recount. Gamer. Let's recount. So Seth's got Zane. Zane uh, all day. Trent and Jack both got Darian, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. I'm so sorry, Earl. I got Zane. 
Um, Earl is going to center <laughs> for us, but I, I got Zane and, and I'm not just picking it just to, to be fun here. Like I, I agree with Seth's point of, you know, we were talking about obviously a different match of different wrestlers, but um, Zane is just, it's a, it's a different animal talking folk style versus freestyle um, freestyle. Obviously he, he's great freestyle as well, but um, folk style is just a completely different level. And I, I can see him getting on top in this matchup in some way. Um, I do think it's in the possibility that he would take top just because of how great he was on top. Um, I, I, I'm not saying that it's it's an auto top situation, but I think that it could happen, and I think that he could certainly get a takedown at some point in here. And if he ends up on top, I, I definitely got Zane in this matchup. So, sorry, Earl, but uh, I'll leave it to you decide this one for us. I'm going with 2009 Caldwell. Let's go! <laughs> <laughs> Oh man! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Oh man! You guys that realize that both of our Hodge Trophy winners in this duel have lost. Both, because the little star I got beside got these guys. <laughs> yeah, Herbert. <laughs> oh my lord! This is awful. But all right, Darian Caldwell. Um, you know he headlocks Zane Rutherford, I guess, and, and moves on. Uh, 157 pounds, the main event for this duel, Jason Nolf versus Jordan Burroughs. This one's going to be fun to talk about as well. Uh, Jack, did you have something else to say or were you done? If no, you I'm, I'm ready for this one. I've All been right. thinking about this one for a while. I don't know what I'm going to yeah, do. Me and, me and Jack already debated this one a couple days ago. Yeah. So, Earl, tell us a little bit about 2009 Jordan Burroughs. All right, so this is his first year at 157 pounds, uh, went undefeated. Uh, he had a tough weight class that had uh, Mike Poeta in the finals. You also had uh, Jordan Lean, who was the NCAA champion the year before. Um, I think, was it at uh, Vegas, Burroughs beat him? Um, and so, yeah, this is his first of two consecutive or uh, two uh, undefeated seasons. Um but yeah, this this I've been thinking about this one all day too, or all weekend. He also beat Gregor Gregor Gillespie in the semifinals this year. There you go. Mm-hmm. So Jason Nolf, this was his junior year, two-time national champ at the time. Um, he had the one mark uh, as a loss, I think, when he injury defaulted a match this year, and then. Um, was undefeated the season before, but he beat um, Hidley in the finals this year, six to two. He beat Tech Fault, Micah Jordan in the semis, beat Michael Kemmerer six to two. So that's Jason Hoff, pretty pretty good wrestler. Wasn't he? Wasn't he on a bum leg too? Yeah, I was gonna say. Um, you know, I don't know if you guys agree with me here or not, but this is another situation where I feel like this, in my opinion, was Jason Nolf's best year um and even on that bum leg i mean just the dudes he beat and that six four or six two decision with with Hydley in the finals um while it was closer you know statistically than a lot of his matches it was pretty controlled and i don't think it was ever in doubt that he was going to win that match um i just i i feel that it, it might have been his best best year his um, sophomore season might have been even better than that he had a 93 bonus percentage his sophomore year. Yeah. That's I don't know. I'm just thinking back, not, not necessarily statistics, but just thinking some of the matches that that I remember from each of those years. And he was just on another level. And 
I mean, it definitely shows that he was on another level, the, the how he walked through that tournament and was on one leg. So his, his sophomore year, his, his closest match at NCAAs was 14 to six. Okay. Well, I'll shut up. But uh, <laughs> he was on one that year. You guys might think I'm crazy, but I'll say Jordan Burroughs in a controlled win. Jordan Bur- All right. Why? Got it. You can't just lay that on us and then dip. That, that, I'm about to follow it up. I'll say um, I coached in Nebraska in 2009. I wrestled Burroughs every single day that year. And I, I actually I helped convince him to move up from 149 to 157. He actually wrestled off, made weight to 49. But I could tell for his size and the amount of weight of cutting, it would affect his ability. I think uh, when he moved up to 57 and he could wrestle without ever having to uh, worry about weight and just wrestle free, he was he's one of the very few athletes I've ever wrestled that is extremely quick twitch and can keep wrestling as long as the match goes. And yeah. what, I, what comes to mind for me is when – Nolf wrestled people that were very, very strong and explosive. He had trouble, like, uh, with Imar. And I think Burroughs was as good or better than Imar in those categories. I'm going to go very, very close win by Burroughs. And I just think stylistically, right, Burroughs scores so quick, right? He's so explosive. He quick to finish, and Nolf usually is the one that kind of draws those scrambles out and bros had a way of eliminating scrambles completely. And, uh, he knows where to wrestle, when to wrestle and, you know, put himself in the positions he wants to be in. So I'm going Burroughs in a close one. Do you guys remember the, the Nolf James Green match in the finals of scuffle? I think Nolf was a true freshman. A little mm-hmm. bit. Yeah. I, I can't remember what the score was, but I think, uh, I, I remember being very impressed with Nolf. Like, holy crap, he's a true freshman, and that was Green's senior year. I know Green didn't win a national title, but he had like intangibles like Burroughs with explosiveness and could wrestle for the full length of a match. And I think uh, that data helps me with deciding that Burroughs would control it. I know he obviously got a lot better with each year, but Jordan yeah. Burroughs is one of the the best athletes of the, I can't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say the history of the sport. I think one of the hard things of this matchup is to truly try to put the rest of Burroughs career out of your head. Um, because, you know, 2009 is, is a different Burroughs than what we think of. And we, I mean, again, they're still, he's still fantastic. He's still great. One of the, one of the greats in college wrestling, especially around this time. But um, I'm trying to really narrow in on, on, first national title jordan burrows um and man it's a hard one uh jack i want to see what, what do you got i've got burrows um i mean he was still in college when he was winning world titles so it's i know it's hard to take that out of your head but he was still good enough to do it at this point um Nolf wasn't like he didn't he didn't make a team um he's obviously unreal 93 percent bonus rate is absolutely the most absurd thing i've ever heard but i think like jordan burrows in my mind is like he just dominated everything and everyone for so long and even though he's had some times where he he doesn't place or he gets a third like he comes back and wins it 
like right after that. And I don't know. It's hard. Uh, the only time I've ever picked against Burroughs is next year in the Olympic trials, but we'll see how that so goes. Hasn't even happened yet. <laughs> but I mean, I already made my decision. So <laughs> no, I'm saying you, you said the so only time you, you're picking it. Yeah. We'll, you haven't we'll even picked out. yet. <laughs> I'm not um, picking It's not, not this one though. I got Burroughs. Yeah. Um, I, I'm actually, I was leaning the other way. I, I'm going to go with Nolf. I'm just thinking back about junior year Nolf and the wins that he had and his career up to this point was just unreal. And, and so was Jordan Burroughs. But um, if it was 2011 Burroughs, like later in the career, I think I, it might've been an easier decision for me the other way. I think it's super close, but I would have leaned Nolf. Um, what about you, Earl? Yeah, I'm going Burroughs. And I think uh, with the little bit of a bum knee, even though it really didn't, slow him down against a guy like Heidley. Um, you know, that's kind of a difference uh, when you're talking about Burroughs and Nolf. So I'm going Burroughs. Sure. Um, all right. Well, we've wrapped this duel up. We have Jordan Burroughs taking the last match of the duel. Um, and that will set our score, the final score, 22 to 6, actually. Um, nine. And we're going to – 22 to 9? Nine. 9. Yep, you're right. I didn't even update it. Um, but – 22 to nine would be the final score of this one. Um, and, and we're going to get moving on to the next duel, but uh, that was a fun one. It, uh, it, we had two Hodge trophy winners go down. <laughs>